0: Welcome to Map It Marketing, for small business owners who want to become more confident and capable in their marketing. I'm Rachel Clava, and I'm a small business owner, just like you. I've learnt that there are so many different things that we are supposed to do all the time, and trying to work it all out is, quite frankly often, very confusing. In this podcast, we're going to explore what those things are, and whether you need to pay attention to them. Ready? Let's get started. What do you do if COVID-19 puts the kibosh on your OE? Well, this is something that Charlotte Greer had to do very quickly last year when she discovered that all her painstaking savings were no longer going to be able to be used to discover the splendors of Italy and the food of France. Charlotte had finished her degree in economics, where she had done as part of a project a fiction- fictional study around how to grow a sustainable business with all the costings and pricings to help her understand the practical implications of the lessons that she was learning during her degree. So Charlotte picked up that project and launched it as a real business. Vito was born. It's a sustainable cleaning products business and Charlotte has started it with several little products and now is expanding her range. She's grown from just selling at markets to having a store and has stockists nationwide. She's still in the beginning parts of growing this business and I'm excited to see where Charlotte takes this business over the next few years. She has taught me a lot around reminding us what it's like when you start a business and some of the things you have to remember to do. She's at that cold face of pushing through some of those barriers and this is an extremely useful conversation to have and listen to for you to understand what you might need to think about if you're considering adding on a new business or still at those beginning stages. Now, if you'd like to talk about anything from this podcast today, before we jump into talking to Charlotte, you can come and be part of the Map It Marketing group on Facebook. And also do come in there to also check out some of our events that we're running to help e-commerce and product-based businesses and service-based businesses become more skilled and more confident in your marketing. Right, let's get into talking with Charlotte. She is lovely to talk to. Welcome to Method Marketing. I am so looking forward to having Charlotte Greer with us today. She owns a business called Vito. I've explained about it all about in the introduction, Um, and she is going to talk to us about the growth of her business, why she started it, and all that sort of stuff. So first, before we do that, Charlotte, first of all, thank you so much for being part of this podcast today. No worries, I'm excited, (laughs) and um, and also um, thank you to everyone else that's listening too. That you come and listen to this, we love your feedback. We love everything that you say. And I know that you're going to really enjoy um, having a bit of a learning from um, Charlotte as she today. So Charlotte, do you want to just jump in and tell us a little bit about you, why you started Veto, and um, what it does? Like, what do you do? Yeah, so
1: um, Veto is Latin for I forbid, and it means that I make zero waste, multi-purpose plastic free cleaning products with the idea of making sustainable living as accessible, practical and useful as possible for everyone across the board. Awesome. Um, I started this, <laughs> so I'd done my degree in economics in the end of 2019 with the plan of going and doing my big Kiwi OE in Europe next May, so May 2020. Mm. And then this funny little thing called Rona kicked off mm. and I was stuck in New Zealand. And at the end of my degree because you know you've been studying for years I was getting really sick of case studies I was getting really sick of having to read in a textbook the hypothetical of circular economies circular loop supply chains all of that sort of thing so I took the theory and made it into a practice to understand my degree because like I, I love say, it I had the attention span of a carrot and I was getting <laughs> real sick i <I'm> having <laughs> to highlight so I did it so practically so I kind of began developing products back at the end of my degree, but with no point of starting a business. Fast forward, like I say, to lockdown. I'm stuck in New Zealand. Um, not stuck. That's that's probably not the right word. <laughs> I'm in New Zealand. Locked and, in New Zealand.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> and um, I was like, oh, that random thing. I don't know what to do now. So I was like, oh, I had all these fantastic plans of, you know, frolicking through Italy and mm. drinking in France, you know, as you do. Absolutely. And so being here, I was like, oh, that thing I started kind of playing around with the end of last year. Now I've got a whole bunch of free time. I'll see if this is, can be something. And so I basically took the savings I had for my travels, invested it in this idea, and through lockdown develops veto and what it is. And has been, I've been doing that since last year.
0: That's amazing. So when you started it, like when you when you talk about putting that investment in there, you don't have to go into details of how much that was. Yeah. What were some of the things that you decided were important to invest the money into in terms of creating that product?
1: I think the biggest investment was myself. I, partly because I am a penny pincher, so any way I could save money was also going to be the better option for me anyway. Mm. But being the first to know what I need to do, not constantly paying somebody to give me the advice, literally going, if I can't figure it, like literally in the trenches, if you will, struggling through everything. So for example, I have zero design background. I don't have an eye. I didn't think I had an eye for it. I had no interest in it. I didn't care for it because it was all computery. And ironically enough, I'm not a computer person. But my biggest cost saver was me developing my own and designing my own labels and branding and colorways and everything that's on the packaging Mm, to the kind of the website myself. I did it all myself, but I took the time to figure out if I'm, you know, wanting to do this and I'm wanting to see stuff because obviously you know you make products or you design a business for something that you feel you lack in seeing in the you know general market because I was like trying to find sustainable products but they were too expensive or whatever for me so I was like right I'm my target audience and so I know what I like and so you just kind of sit and play around with what I like the look of to then go okay that's cool that's what I'll put on my um products but then you kind of develop things of like, oh, a slight sort of self-confidence in it because mm. all of a sudden, like I say, I had no eye for design and suddenly I've designed something and you're like, oh, I can do something that I didn't think I could. So the best thing for me from the start was just investing in myself and figuring out what I needed to know and then also finding the people who whom know more than you because mm. then you've got really specific questions to ask. Versus basically going in blind and they could be like, well, we've now got to wrangle everything in to try and find the specific. Whereas if you've done a lot of that hard work yourself, which it does feel soul crushing at times. And you're just like, holy hell. Um, But when you get to that point of, oh, this is my next stage, or this is what I know I need. And you source it from somebody else. There's far more fulfillment and a lot more um, activation that can come from there. I think, anyway.
0: Because one of the things I was going to ask you about with this because now do you do you um, identify as do you identify do you identify as Gen Z or I don't know? Or are you a crossover?
1: I'm. I was born in '97, so yeah, I'm I'm like on the cusp. Yeah, so I definitely had flip phones and MSN Messenger and Hotmail, yep. but not so far back as a MySpace. But I yeah. also. Yeah. Remember asking Mum to see if I could have Facebook. You know, like I was that trying to find
0: my thing. MySpace account the other day, so I was like, it'd be really cool to find it, but I can't remember my my password because I was like, there's probably stuff on there that should not be on the internet, and <laughs> I, I want to get rid of it, but I can't. Were you were you the full MySpace thing of like? No, oh no, my I God, didn't I've do the, the full whole... thing. I didn't do the full thing, but I was like an early, like I was an early adopter on Twitter. Like I was, I was actually my original Twitter account. When I first joined, there was only like, I think there was under a 1,000 people using Twitter. And I went, oh, this is a waste of time. And I came off it. Yeah. And I don't, I couldn't remember my login. And I really regret it because I was like, that would have been so cool. I think I was, my sort of age group
1: or group of friends specifically were the same with Instagram. Yes. I remember when that first became the thing and it was that vintage um, yeah. filter and frame. So good. That everyone would put pictures in and it would be pictures of like, Sunglasses. Oh, yeah. Or, uh, that sort of thing. And I was like, oh, this is so pointless. <laughs> Why? Because obviously, at that time, Facebook was always used for us to do like photo albums.
0: Yeah, absolutely, like putting them all up, yeah. Yeah, so that
1: everyone knew, oh, you went to the movies on Saturday and it would just be (laughs) these random photographs of all of us together, but then, you know, stuff progresses. And And it was great for stalking later on, right? We're off Facebook. Oh,
0: yeah. So I think because one of the things that, because we're obviously going to work together soon, and one of the things that I think that people make assumptions with, with people in your age demographic is that if you've grown up in social media and you, you're savvy with using it as a personal user, that yeah. that means that you're going to automatically know how to use it in a business context. But yeah. they're really different, right?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a, you're not, you're promoting something. Mm. You're putting something in front of an audience. It's not you with your mates or you yeah. with your family. It's, you know, like there's differences between talking on like a corporate context, talking on Slack
0: Mm. for work
1: versus talking in your family's group chat
0: yeah that's a really good way of explaining it actually because
1: it's you've got to switch your brain and Mm. so even though you're a little bit more savvy as to what a hashtag is yes doesn't mean to say that you are strategic in how to use them now Mm. a hashtag was just a thing you'd pop on the end like hashtag like YOLO or whatever the hell (laughs) we used to say
0: I used to like (laughs) using them ironically like on Twitter I used to say like hashtag I didn't really mean to do this sorry very sorry not sorry at all you know maybe like a really long <laughs>
1: oh my god hashtag. the sorry not sorry one was everywhere yeah, sorry at some not sorry, point. Hashtag, sorry,
0: not sorry. <laughs> yeah so because you've also because we talked about when we first talked a few weeks ago um, and I said to you you should be on tiktok and you're like no oh, we'll, we'll do that and I reassured you that business tiktok is quite different to all the dancing tiktok yeah but that is that thing, isn't it? Like sometimes you're still not sure, are you?
1: Well, it's really <laughs> funny to me because I, again, even though there's five years between myself and my younger sister, yeah. my younger sister is in the throes of TikTok, and it's so disconnected from me. But because I've only ever seen it through that context, yes. And again, it's that same thing of there's different context, and now. Which I guess yeah. is the benefit of social media is that there's levels and layers to them, mm-hmm. that they're all not one monolith of something. Like I'm not having to do a bloody dance and with like so a dance. bag of washing powder.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: just for the sake of it. But instead, it's, it's you know, it's a it's functional, functional thing. So I literally yeah. just started a TikTok last so week. So
0: exciting. I'm going to have to fuck you. <laughs> So, like, so, tell me a little bit about the product itself because one of the things I was really intrigued with when we first talked was how long the products last. Like, mm. you have actually created this. You said, you know, you wanted something for you. This is a product that you're not doing for hard out sustainable. Um, no, I use the word eco hippies. Is that okay? Like, I don't Wait, know that I that use, them, I call them eco freakos. Okay, eco freakos. So yeah. they can eco freakos. We love you. We're not saying that you're bad, and you probably oh, no, totally use the product. This. We love you.
1: Yeah. But But my stuff will be preaching to the choir. Yes, they're like, babe, we got you. We know it. We're in it. But you're a bridge, right? Yeah. So this is what for me, like I say, I understand the functionality of sustainability. That was what I've studied. That's my qualification. But my biggest motivation is, um, ironically, it's in economics, so money. I am a money numbery that sort of brain. And um, if something saves me money as well as saves the planet, and as well as. is accessible to me, oh, my God, that's a win. It is a win. It's an absolute win. And so my products would sort of, I developed them with a uni student brain. So I know I need to walk the walk if I'm going to talk the talk, right? Mm. But I can't afford spending 25 30 bucks on a metal straw, even though I've never once gravitated to a straw to drink my water. Like It's never been a thing for me. But I can't justify I, I, that. I just take mine from a cup. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I can't justify that. But if I can justify, for example, my washing powder is both a laundry detergent and a dishwashing powder in one. So you use it for cold water with your clothes and then hot water in the dishwasher. But because you've bought one bag and then divided it in two areas of your home or your flat, you've nailed the plastic in two areas or packaging in two areas or toxins in two areas just with one thing. And it may be... It's not going to be obviously the same sort of um, thing as what you'd get down the road at the dairy because it has those different ingredients and those functional purposes of being septic safe, grey water safe, biodegradable, um, biodegradable, hypoallergenic, all of the buzzwords. Mm. But for that one function of I can justify this one bag, I've still nailed two areas at minimum. And then it, all the other products kind of from that point develops. That's That was the baseline. I have to be able to justify this in more than one zone in the house.
0: That is awesome. I love it. So with your product, one of the things I asked you about um, when we were originally talking was about your pricing. And this is the thing, obviously, because you've got the economics um, degree. This is the thing that most people get wrong when they first start a business. And it's the thing you actually got right, which sets you up really well. Did you, when you worked out your pricing, did you take into account the time it would take you to make or pay someone at some point to make it?
1: Yeah, that was, that was baseline, but that was um, that's also come with the future thought of it and also future planning of if I'm doing this by hand now, that's gonna be one cost. Mm. And if I can develop it and scale it to the point that it's machinery, that's gonna be another
0: that, costing point that's as well. Clever.
1: So there's now like I've got that sort of averaged it out forecasted and all that sort of stuff, but, like, that's the economics brain. That's the also having grandfather and dad as accountants. You kind of have to have that in your head. (laughs) So I guess that's the penny pincher side more than anything. good,
0: though. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I think a lot of people think they have to throw a whole lot of money and hope and make things super like your products are really reasonable anyway, but they have to make things super cheap just to make sure that they can get the initial ones on the board and they get themselves in their cycle. But setting up the pricing right at the beginning and working out that pricing sets you up to grow. Totally. And I think that the price
1: point, the actual functionality of the brand or your business, for me, and this is, I'm so glad I did, was the starting point. The fun design frilly bits and bobs at the end stage is the end stage. And I don't think people should want to launch anything without feeling confident in their pricing Mm. because I've seen, you know, multiple brands have done this, they've launched and they've changed their logos, they've changed things, but they've launched. Don't wait for that end of things to start. It's this money, it's the nitty gritty, it's the not so fun bits that I think should be nailed for everybody first and then you can play around. I love that
0: because I've talked about this before on on, um, the podcast with Sarah from Primrose. And one of the things I talked to her about was um, I follow this guy on TikTok and he's launching a skincare brand and he launched 25K into logo design and stuff like that. And then without even launching the business, like with nothing else, without even having like the product sorted. And yeah. so they didn't have any of pricing and then decided that that was the wrong move. So then all that money went down the drain. Whereas yeah. if he got the product and started it and, and that case study, like I do understand this idea of launching big, but actually launching with the framework and having a test case and going, is there a market for this? Let's do this. Makes a lot of sense. That's, that was without
1: realizing it. That was literally the strategy I did. Yeah. It's I launched
0: great. with one
1: product, which is the washing powder. Um, a couple of um, jars, which were upcycled from local hospitality businesses in Tauranga, because they just chuck okay. things out willy nilly. So I contacted a few of them and just went, "Look, this is zero waste. This, if it doesn't need, if it's not cracked, I can I take it and have people, you know, just have a jar easy, um, and a, a couple of little extra bits and bobs on the side." But it was specific. It was literally the washing powder, a jar to put with it, and a free scoop because I don't know everyone yeah. collects those places. Never. things. And then developed that and had people... And by proxy, people were buying it, obviously, and they were telling me and then therefore informing me what my next stage was going to be without them realising it. Perfect. So it was a lot easier for me to go, ah, so you feel like this would work best with a spot stain remover. Then came my Wonder Bar, which Mm. is both a spot stain remover and a Delicates wash. Lever. And then again, the next stage of this bag size is great, but, you know, I may not have a dishwasher, even though it's massive, it's two kgs and it will last me ages. I don't do that much washing anyway. So I was like, huh, here we go, smaller bags, next stage. And there's little incremental bits that people were telling me that I could have in the back of my mind, sort of play around with the formulations of stuff. And then once I feel like, like I say, it ticks the multipurpose threshold, all the ingredients are locally sourced and vegan, and I can do it at a price point that makes sense and can be scaled, cool new product Product. here we go
0: because I think that's one of the things that we have a one of our three values is follow the customer and that's what you're doing is you were listening testing and where were you selling it when you were doing this like where were you selling your products on my website so it was purely online yeah that's amazing
1: yeah and then I luckily um I think I got you know one stockist once I launched just one in Auckland that helped a little bit more because all of a sudden it's outside. I'm in Todonga, So then it's outside of the city, somewhere else. That gets another perspective because, again, there's all these things that will begin to tick boxes. and But incrementally for me, I felt a little bit more, made a bit more sense because also this is not a product that is necessarily recognisable. Mm. It's not earrings. It's, um, no, it's not a pretty sparkly thing. No, it's not something right. that everyone's just putting, like, I'm going to get it. Mm. There's a little bit of explanation. There's a little bit of a story behind it. It's me making something that is going to help you reduce your plastic and your waste or make your home a little bit more healthier from toxins. But I've done it. I've developed it. So it's, it's like I say, it's small and people then, oh, I get it. It's I can watch this as it goes.
0: I love that. So you now have a, a little store as well, don't you?
1: Yeah, so in the middle of um, Tauranga, there's a little container village where I am shipping containers, where I have a refillery. So that took it up another level of people going, I love this, um, but I would really like to be able to come and get it because I'm in Tauranga and I've got one of your jars. So why do you keep sending me a bag? And I was like, oh, my God, that's such a great idea. Refilleries. And, yeah, so I was luckily enough able to um, open one beginning of this year down there, and it's been the coolest little thing. It's just a little teeny tiny shipping container couple of tables that I built out of old wood from the side of the house. Love it. Again, zero waste, so, but cost cost saving. So it's a, a double whammy. <laughs> um, Often they are the same, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, it should, be. should um, be. And yeah, so people bring their jars in. I've got um, my bigger jars full of my product and as well as other stuff that's also available on the website is also available in the shop. So it's
0: that's fun awesome. little thing. And do you enjoy that interaction as well?
1: I love seeing people's faces when they understand and when I explain to them what a the product if they first introduce themselves to it in this shop so I can talk to them um and they're like oh my god that's cool that's a cool thing I want to give it a try and then when they come back they're like oh my god
0: oh my god and I'm like gosh that's so that good awesome. I love that that is awesome so tell me a little bit about because obviously was was owning a business the plan like, I know that you had to, you were traveling. Was this the end goal? Was at some point you would own a business or did you see yourself working for other people?
1: I, it's a funny thing. I, people aren't surprised. I own a business when I tell them they're like, that obviously was what you were going to be doing. I didn't imagine that's what I would be doing. <laughs> I
0: was good. But they didn't tell you then maybe. Well, <laughs> no, but they're like, you're too stubborn. To work for someone. I'm unemployable too. Yeah, Yeah,
1: like I can't. So even, so um, I used to work for my dad in the school holidays and he's the same, like he had his his own practice. Um, But even working for, I guess parents are a bit different, but that's still the thing of, but I don't want to do that today. That's not the task I want to do today.
0: I'd like that too. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's lucky. You're lucky. It's fun. (laughs) But but they're great. They're very strong-willed people. They're amazing.
1: (laughs) But I think for me, it was more like I would like to be working in a, I I imagined working as independent as possible, but Mm. I didn't imagine owning a business. I think my personality type would mean like, oh, I can do I don't know freelance stuff I don't know
0: I I, just knew that there was something that would lend you to doing your own thing carving out your own path
1: yeah 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 I but um again the goal was never a business I think everyone had I was very much walking that formulaic um, route of high school uni graduate travel yeah overseas do things come home you know that was that was my loop and then everyone got thrown off last year
0: <laughs> and you can still do like luckily with a business if you get it growing you can still do the travel at some point and have it when whenever that happens yeah you no know, <laughs> at some at some point you know we can dream we can dream we something yeah we can dream um so what about um if you if you were going to suggest things to people who are looking to start a business who because obviously like COVID has definitely caused a whole lot of people's lives to be upset. And and mm-hmm. being in lockdown and we're currently you're you're free and easy in level two as we record this at the moment. And I'm still stuck in level four. Hopefully by the time the podcast comes out I'll be at least at level three and be able to get a takeaway coffee. And you know in a sustainable cup Yeah I'm just letting you know I'm just letting you know. Yeah yeah good girl. <laughs> but one of the things that I you know like I think people do get to that stage where they've taken that time and they go actually I am going to start a business I'm going to take that venture like I know that one of the things you definitely say would be to really think about the pricing and that would be a big thing Mm -hmm. what else would you say to people who are in that startup stage of advice that you give them back looking back on what you've done I think um it's not a race
1: you're not competing with anyone sure putting products on a market is a competitive thing. Like that's just reality of business. But what you achieve in X amount of time versus what somebody else has achieved are two very different things and should always be two very different things because somebody says like, you know, you see them all over um, Instagram at the minute. These like business people saying, I made a hundred thousand dollars in my first month Mm." and I'm going (laughs) to, and you're just like, okay, hate those posts I've got converse <laughs> shoes with holes in them look at us both state things we've got like cool
0: <laughs> I hate those posts I hate them my pet I, teeth, I my pet are the ones who say um I grew 20,000 look how successful I, I grew 20,000 followers overnight and they'll be like and they're like wow how'd you do that and I'm always like is that because that really big famous account shared your posts and that's how you got them? Because that's how I saw it happen. And they're like, you know, like, then I answer it. in like three weeks Yeah. Like, oh yeah, that's how. And I'm like, yeah, just yeah. hold your laurels. Like it's hard work being a business owner. And it is, you're right. Your own pace is so important.
1: And it doesn't mean, and like if you try and mirror what somebody else is doing and what somebody else is telling you they've been doing, again, like you say, mm. we may know different things. Yeah. But the public different things, whatever you'll trip yourself up You'll yeah, trip I think so. yourself up. and you won't be able to achieve what you think you can or what potential is there because mm. you're too busy trying to um, anticipate what so-and-so around the corner is going to do and the same thing therefore you're going to do it too
0: I I so agree with that I'm actually made, I just made a reason I was I um for those of you that are listening and not watching I I started writing notes but the reason I did it was um, it reminded me that um, I did a podcast with um, Natalie Coombe, who's a pricing expert, and uh, you've got your pricing down, Pat, which is amazing. But she said this thing in that podcast, which I now use all the time, which is your business is a black box to everybody else and their business is a black box to you. Whatever they're saying on social media, that you don't know if that's the truth. Mm. They're a black box. You can't see everything else that's behind it. And and I was talking about this with another marketer yesterday because he he did a shot of himself like looking really successful on a golf course. And he was like, this day I hadn't seen my kids for like, I'd missed like my kid's birthday. I'd missed like a whole lot of other stuff. I've yeah, been yeah. working seven days a week, blah, blah, blah. You know, the business was in disrepair. Dis- and I was like, yeah, I, we won awards when our work was shit five years ago. Yeah. You know? And we were doing a shitty job with our customers back then. We don't do it now, by the way, Charlotte. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> But we did, you know we didn't we did it's that nice. we, did, but we won awards now i haven't won an award for ages but we do good work you know and i said there's no difference online to what we're presenting yeah you can't judge it from the online picture
1: no and it, it's a big thing is like your abilities and what you know and what's driving you to do something is your biggest asset yeah the reason why you're wanting to start a business from the outset is so specific because it's your reason mm-hmm. and then to progress with the assumption of what everybody else is doing now detracts from everything you wanted to start it off with. So it doesn't make sense to me. And like, you feel it, of course, because when it is your business and you are like veto is 100% a one woman show, it's everything from start to finish is me, mm. which feels very, um, not overwhelming, but if something isn't quite right and just in a business sense, you take it personally You do, <laughs> and it's not, it's not, you should, but like, it's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I hope you don't hate me mm-hmm. if something didn't, wasn't clear for you or something, you know, those those little tidbit things that come up sometimes that if you are then chasing what somebody else is doing and then in conjunction with
0: inherently starting your own business or being you,
1: you are very entrenched in it, you're going to be so insecure all the time.
0: I agree. And I'll say, um, I actually spoke to a business owner yesterday who's got 25 staff who had exactly that same conversation with me yesterday. So unfortunately, it doesn't change even when the staff cha- staffing numbers <laughs> change when it's your business. I actually I right. actually was going to do a post this week, which is you are not your business, because I think, you know, often we, we, we can unconsciously end up having our business identity and ourselves so closely enmeshed. We can get impacted if it's going up and down a bit. And we're not our business. Sure.
1: And I think that that's a really interesting thing to remember, especially with the way in which social media marketing yes. is. Because I was a big, um, um, I was really um, against putting my face in front of Veto for that exact reason. Because I'm not selling me, I'm selling but these yeah, products. Are. There's a purpose for it. <laughs> it then at the same token, you are, but then yeah. you've got to be able to remember. I'm just putting my face to contextualize the product.
0: Yes, exactly. You
1: should not want to know anything about me, nor should I feel compelled to tell you anything further than the fact that I've made this for this purpose. My purpose for me, for Veto is to reduce plastic, like I say, make sustainable living as accessible and to make it fun and interactive. Sweet. That's it. What I ate for breakfast ain't part of it. So you don't feel like you need to be a part of it. Yeah, and I
0: think that's the layers. You can choose how much you give. You don't have to give it all. No. And you can, you may give less or more over the period of that time, and that's your call. But a face always sells. (laughs) (laughs) And your face will sell hundreds of.
1: Thank you. I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that, Rachel. I was waiting. waiting.
0: I, yeah it is a hard battle I think that is one of the things that people often find really hard is that thing of do I have to put my face here and I'm um, I'm doing I'm I'm, I'm going to put this on here and hopefully I'll have posted before because I do have big ideas and then they don't happen I had this cool idea for a reel I'm going to do do you know Muppet or a Man song am I a man or am I, am I a Muppet
1: oh right 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 you know? yes, yes, yes.
0: I'm going to do that but I'm going to do a parody am I a brand or am I a business? and do a parody song oh, right. think, now I've put this on here hopefully by the time it's post, post, posted i've I've already done it right right I have and i'm have, gonna feel now. deeply disappointed that i haven't done it
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyone that knows about it because i haven't yeah, done if it's, if and, it's cut out when this comes out i'll be like ah <laughs> she did it
0: <laughs> but i was thinking it is hard like i struggle with this as well like um, I might have put my face everywhere, but sometimes I go, hang on a minute, am I a brand or am I a business? I want to be a business. I don't want to be a brand, but I have to be a brand to be the business. So, and it becomes a really hard thing.
1: Yeah. And it's, but I think from the outset, and if you are starting a business and you are, you know, grappling with all the things that you're just going to have to sort of surrender at some point, you can still set up, like you say, boundaries. Yeah. There are still threshold points. There are still things that. You aren't going to be governed by anyone because you have, literally, that's probably why the reason you're starting a business is because like me, you can't be governed. <laughs> so take that as an advantage. Again, use it. Put those little lines up and say, okay, my face is at the front of this. But like I say, it's to contextualize it. It's yeah, not exactly. to um, input. It's not, you know,
0: you want the it's input a on the product. And a, and a humanist to the product, but you're not having to say, um hey I met this cute guy here or hey no. um, you
1: know no 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 no
0: no no or no, no. <laughs> oh, cute woman whatever it is person, um now one of the things this is not really that awkward pause for Rachel right now she blushed um <laughs> maybe, um tell me you do have to tell me the big big plan if you if you, I know if you don't have one, but do you have like a plan beyond where you are now? Like, where do you see it going? Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm really
1: wanting to progress the like immediately, like the product line, and kind of get yeah. it. There's still two areas of the house that I feel like I haven't fully nailed, and I envision like a household that, although one like the products will already cross over and intermingle already. That's just what they do. So the household, by definition, is covered with all the products I've got, but something that is specific to a particular part of the house, I'm still wanting to develop. So that's a pretty more um, short-term goal, but long-term is to make veto and take the um, element of the refillery aspect um, nationwide, not specifically as like franchising, because no thanks, but that there's an element to that that I really want to be having. I um, love that. Be so accessible nationwide, although it already is online.
0: Mm.
1: Um, but again, what I've realized with doing it incrementally, then having a brick and mortar shop, being able to face-to-face mm. communicate with people, there are points of um, interest that I'm wanting to explore that it, it doesn't necessarily mean growing and expanding and making this like massive thing. In the future, it just means like filling a gap, I want to keep filling those gaps that I feel like people are going, but that requires okay. a little but bit more me, scaling up.
0: <laughs> yeah, to me, that that shows more options for growth than going, like, you know, to me, that's got more meat and growth. When you're seeing the gap and want to fill yeah. it, that's how you grow a business. People often think you've got to go, I want to be doing this amount of turnover. I want to be in this amount of stores. Yeah. When you're actually going, I see this gap and I want to work out how to fit it. That's where you get the key business growth.
1: Yeah and I that's and it feels a little bit more tangible to me.
0: Yeah. And, and again
1: yeah and it, again those like as we were saying before the um, the competitive thing with starting your own business against other people's stuff because somebody else has said I went from this to this to this to this mm. doesn't mean to say you have to do the, that to that to that to that, that mm. in your structure. And I felt like when I first started and as I was you know forecasting whatever it was I was taking that exact same route of I have to buy this date have this x turnover blah 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 to have been a growing business but that's not always the case like we know that now
0: yeah no that's awesome I love it now um, I am remembering exactly why our 15 minute meeting last time turned into almost an hour because you're awesome to talk to and I think you're so inspiring in terms of what you've done and what you've developed and I am really excited that for a start that we're going to get to help work with you a little bit and get that through but also I'm really excited to see your growth regardless of that because you're just going to be amazing (laughs) Um, where do people find your products if they want to buy them
1: Um, on my website which is um www.vetozerowaste.online
0: Cool, and I've got that, it's going to be in the show notes oh, so they can click cool. through on it. Yeah. So the um,
1: website's the best place to get it if you are outside of Tauranga or you can come into the um, Container Village downtown Tauranga in the refillery while I'll be there Tuesday through to whenever. It's closed on Mondays. Um, for you to kind of come in and have a chat if you want and actually play around with it and have that experience of touching the products and I can walk you through them. That sounds perfect. They're in a few stores as well, aren't they? yeah so i've got a couple of um a handful of products and stockists up and down the country there's a list on the website if you um, aren't in tauranga that you can kind of nip in but i'm also on my phone so if you are um, my big thing is instagram so if you want to be on instagram and ask me questions that's where you'll find me the best
0: awesome and i am going to after this i'm going to send you something that you're going to love because i've got a new thing for you for that as well (laughs) okay cool thank you so much Shala, for being part of this i'm so excited i'm going to um have a little bit of, at the end of this, I'm just going to um, share with everybody um, a few little tips that they can take from this. It's been great. And one of them will be about that, not worrying about it, to have that plan. I think having a plan that you're serving people is such an amazing way to think about business growth.
1: Yay, I'm like excited. So I'm clear. glad.
0: So thank you so much for coming and being part of it. Thank you, Rachel. I really appreciate it. I loved listening to Charlotte and hearing the excitement and the depth of knowledge she had around growing and starting her business. And there were certainly a few things that I want to talk about you to help you adapt and apply some of this because that's what this podcast is all about. But first, please do come along to the Muppet Marketing group on Facebook if you want to ask questions about this podcast today or about any other part of marketing. And check out our events on Eventbrite under Identify Marketing if you'd like to come and do a bit of learning with me. There's free and a few paid webinars there to help develop your learning and we're applying and adding new ones all time right Charlotte let's talk about a few things here one of the things I want to challenge you on is to talk about your pricing structure and how you're preparing for growth if you are a product based business it's the same for services as well obviously but with services it's easier for us to slip and slide and change our product pricing with products you really need to get this right If you're not currently making a profit from your product-based business, it could be that your pricing is out of whack. So make this a time to do that. And there is a podcast I did with Natalie Coombe. I'll put it in the show notes that can help you walk through some of that pricing structure. It's around, that's mainly around services, but some of the ethos around that has really helped my product-based clients understand what they need to do to make their business profitable. I also want to just acknowledge that Charlotte has said that she seeks external help. Obviously, I'm a bit biased because I'm a marketing strategist and that's what we do. But do think about using external help to help upskill you. It can save you thousands, thousands of dollars if you can get some training and support to help you do things yourself. As you grow, you might opt to have those things opted out and have those, but do go and look and seek out training and support and asking of wise ideas. One of the other things I want to just talk about in here is I used to be a website purist and if someone said to me they had a Wix website, oh my gosh, I used to give them lectures like I'm sorry for those people that I did that to. But I want to talk about this in here because Charlotte has started off with a Wix website because she could afford to do it. She could do it herself and she could work it out. And one of the things I truly believe is start with what you can do now. There is always time to upgrade the website. There is always times to upgrade the social media. There is always time to get someone like me to come in and do the strategy. There is always those times. Take it from where you are at. Invest in help where you can afford it. But do it to the pace you can. And if you want to upgrade, put it in your plan. Make it a goal and a particular goal. Plan, prepare and save for it and then enact it. Don't feel like you've got to go and do that stuff right from the start. Hey, we do the same. I'm currently recording this in my walk-in wardrobe because this is the best place to record my intros and outros. Do I want to have my fancy podcast studio? Yes, I do. But I've got a goal of when I'm allowed to have that. And until that happens... You're going to be hearing a lot more intro and outros from my walk and wardrobe. Right, I am so excited because next week we have a great guest for you. Her name is Jade and she has a business called Hipster Mum Social. She is what I do as well but she is far more focused on the brand side and she is going to talk to us about the importance of getting those personal brand photos for you and your products, give you a few little tips around that but we also had a great conversation around that juggle that so many of us have between parenting and and business life it's a really awesome conversation and it definitely ruffled both of our feathers a little bit right have a great week and i will see you on episode 24 with jay thanks for tuning in today to map it marketing with me rachel clava make sure you hit subscribe in your podcast app so you don't miss an episode. And if you want notes or information about today's podcast, go to rachelclava.com slash podcast for more information.